Welcome to the Stephen Mansfield Podcast. Well, welcome to the Stephen Mansfield Podcast. Great to have you with me. Let me dive right in. I received a question this past week that actually surprised me a bit in its simplicity and its honesty. It asked me simply, what do you think of Joseph Biden? Now, I rarely get asked questions like that. Usually somebody's attacking a candidate and and rarely are people just asking kind of open-mindedly, openly to me, um, what do you think? of this man. And so I appreciate that question because it seems to not have any agenda and I'm and I'm happy to respond. I also by the way appreciate being trusted that I I think the assumption of this simple question is that I'm not just going to come back with angry rhetoric from the left or the right that I'm actually going to answer the question honestly and so I'm going to do that. Uh, there is a lot to like personally about Mr. Biden. He is known as a guy's guy. He loves to knock back a drink. He loves to tell a story. Um, he's suffered a lot in his life. As we all know, he lost a wife and child in a car accident years ago. He's lost a son since then uh, to cancer. Uh, he is a loving father, apparently, a loving grandfather. Uh, he used to go back and forth to New Jersey by train from uh, from his duties in Washington, D.C. That's rare. He could have taken you know cars and limos and been driven, but he insisted on being on the train and was known for talking to the other passengers. So he has a bit of the common touch. Uh, he has a bit of the, you know, the guy on the street kind of feel. Um, and that has that has won him a great deal. His language is crass. He's earthy. Uh, many times during the Obama administration, he was heard, uh, you know, to be firing off the F-bomb when whispering in uh, Mr. Obama's ear when, when the, uh, you know, Michael phones were on and so on. So so there's a lot of that kind of thing to like about him and that's why he's done well in politics and uh, and that's that all that kind of backroom cigar filled room cigar smoke filled room kind of backroom politics he's good at he's good at growing the vote he's good at putting his arm around a guy cajoling him uh, he's good at winning crowds of people especially in a smaller state. And since the role of the vice president is largely symbolic largely uh, about personal relationships and coalition building. Um, He did a good job as Obama's vice president. Now, as a man of character, as a man of principle, uh, I think there's a different perspective. Um, One of the things I want to point out is that throughout Joe Biden's life, political life, he had always supported a thing called the Hyde Amendment. And the Hyde Amendment did not allow federal money to be used in any cause that would support abortion. So the Hyde Amendment forbade this use of federal funds to fund abortion. Abortion. It was a recognition that a huge portion of Americans, maybe even a slight majority, have moral qualms about abortion. Uh, it was a desire to keep things fair. It was a desire to honor the opinions of a huge portion of American uh, voters and citizens and to recognize divided values on those things. So even though we have the Roe v. Wade Supreme Court ruling of 1973 that legalizes abortion in America, the Hyde Amendment forbade the use of federal funds to fund abortion. So 
This is something that Joe Biden has defended through the years, something that Joe Biden has spoken with from the uh, spoken to from the foundation of his faith. And yet, when he declared his candidacy for president recently, within days, he reversed himself on the Hyde Amendment. Now, I certainly understand that politicians change their views. That's that's fine. There are some matters on which you're going to shift, you're going to change, new circumstances come up, a different attitude towards Iran or China or what have you. But this is a bedrock moral issue. And Joe Biden recognized that because he defended that Hyde Amendment with his faith for many years. And yet when he ran for office, I'm, I'm telling you, it was literally a matter of hours, two, three days, he reversed himself on the Hyde Amendment. Now, it may have been pre-planned, but nevertheless, he steps into the race, and the first thing he does is reverse himself on something he has defended with his faith. Now, if this had been some minor matter of policy or politics or budgets or or foreign policy, I I could understand. Uh, Politicians, like all of us, have to change our views, modify our views, figure out new trajectories all the time. But Mr. Biden reversed himself on something that was an article of faith for him. And when politicians begin to reverse themselves on long-standing articles of faith, my question is, what are they committed to? I certainly understand that politicians spend a lot of time standing around with their finger in the air, uh, trying to figure out which way the wind is blowing. Uh, But the politicians I respect the most are those who come from bedrock moral principles, who run on those moral principles, who get elected on those moral principles, and then stand fast to those moral principles once they are in office. Clearly, Joe Biden is not necessarily this kind of person. He is a politician's politician, and he has changed on a variety of views constantly throughout his life. Uh, I'll tell you a second thing that that marks me, and that is uh, my field of interest, my primary field of interest, rather than some moral issues about domestic policy, is is foreign policy. And I have heard some of the men I most respect, men and women I most respect, uh, in foreign policy say that Joe Biden has historically been wrong on every single major issue of American foreign policy, that he has uh, changed and reversed himself constantly, and his initial position is almost always wrong. Well, we're living in a pretty dangerous world right now. So could I vote for, would I be able to endorse this man who doesn't make uh, sense when it comes to foreign policy? No. Uh, And again, I'm not turning this into a campaign issue. I'm not telling you who I'm voting for. I've been asked open-heartedly, open-mindedly, what do you think of Joe Biden? And this is what I think. Uh, But I will admit to the fact that I was tainted regarding what I thought of Joe Biden because just by happenstance, I happened to be in Washington, D.C. and be at the U.S. Capitol in 1987 when Robert Bork was being considered for the U.S. Supreme Court. And Edward Kennedy and Joseph Biden actually trashed this man. Uh, Biden took him apart at a personal level. The lies were stunning. The personal assaults were stunning. Uh, The duplicity was stunning. So I admit that as far back as 1987, I got a bad taste in my mouth about Joseph Biden. So as I come uh, to this election, 
Uh, I'm not bothered that he's older. I admire some of the politicians I most admire were older in office, Reagan and Churchill and so on. Um, I don't mind that he's older. I don't mind that he was Barack Obama's vice president. I was not a big fan of Barack Obama as president. There are some things he did beautifully and better than are being done now. Uh, but uh, I'm just not, just wasn't with him on a huge number of issues uh, and did not like the way he brought a rather leftist theology and leftist political agenda to American foreign policy. I have cited here many times uh, the time that our Secretary of State, Hillary Clinton, uh, made a speech at a huge gathering of international leaders and said that LGBTQ rights were at the heart of American foreign policy. Now, I certainly understand the need to speak to that issue, but at the heart of our foreign policy, central to our foreign policy, well, that's what the Obama administration represented and a shift that it tried to engineer. So what am I saying? There's a lot about Joe Biden I'm sure I would like. I'm sure if we had dinner, I'm sure I would enjoy him very much. I'm not bothered by his age, and I'm actually moved by his sufferings. In fact, I think that hardship and suffering gives a man and a woman heft, and I wish that all of our politicians had greater heft, greater compassion, greater sensitivity to the sufferings of others. And I think that Joe Biden has that element in his life. But I am concerned about Joe Biden that he is not a man of fixed principle. I'm concerned about him, um, that he is a people's people, that he's a man on the street kind of politician, but that he's so much so that he doesn't hold to fixed values. And uh, even if he holds to fixed values that are contrary to mine, I would at least respect him for having fixed values. I can't find any fixed values. I can't find anything he holds to firmly. I can't find anything he is devoted to uh, other than, of course, his own political career. And I don't mean that as a, as a, as a slap. Um, I'm looking for the core values he is committed to. Now, he's a smart man and he's going to make some smart moves. I've been trying to get conservative politicians for years to think in terms of female vice presidents, to think in terms of uh, African-Americans and uh, people of other ethnicities. Uh, we, we have run white bread. <laughs> the people on the right have run white bread. Um, tickets for years. Why? We've got people of color. We've got people of gift. We've got people who are a uh, mix uh, of other genders, etc. cetera. What, what, why are we doing this? Why do we keep acting as though uh, it's only white males uh, who can run the country? That's not true. And it's one of the best moves that the right could make, particularly given its demographic problems. So Joe Biden is smart. He's going to do some smart things. Apparently, he's going to appoint a woman vice presidential candidate. And my guess is he'll, he'll appoint uh, a non-white a female presidential or vice presidential candidate. Smart move. He's a good man in that sense. He's a good politician uh, and, and he's a compassionate man in that sense. He has a good street sense. But I am concerned that Joe Biden is not a man of fixed principle, and that gets us in trouble. That's been the bane of our existence in recent decades. That's, by the way, uh, one of the things that has helped Donald Trump is that people were so ready for a man they perceived to be a man of fixed principle that they voted for Donald Trump. Now, whether you agree that Donald Trump is that or not is beside the point. He, he speaks that way. He presents that way. He has behaved that way some, some, to some degree in office. Um, and it has won him uh, the votes, not just of religious voters, but, but of others as well. 
And uh, yes, I know that you can go online and look at videos from just a decade ago where he held exactly the opposite views that he holds now. But still, in, in his campaign, in his office, uh, in, in his conduct of, of the presidency, he has at least appeared as a man of fixed principle. And you know, if you listen to this podcast, that I am not enamored of Donald Trump. If I had another conservative to vote for, I would have, I would in this election, but the choice is now coming down between Biden and Trump. And a conservative is not going to have any other alternative than just simply not to vote, which by the way, I know some conservatives who won't because they just can't morally bring themselves as a matter of conscience to vote for Donald Trump. Let's keep our focus on Biden. Biden, a man of the street, Biden, a man of the people. Yes, an older man, but a man who still still seems in relative command of his faculties. He's going to appoint a female vice president. Uh, he's going to run as the non-Donald Trump. He's going to run as a man uh, of compassion, and that is going to work for him right now. Uh, he's ahead in the polls, as I reported in a recent podcast, uh, but the polls also show that people, even those voting for Biden, believe that Trump is going to win. So if I had to guess right now, I would say Donald Trump is going to win. Uh, Mr. Biden's going to run a tough campaign. Many people will vote for him. Uh, folks on the right, certainly faith, faith-based faith voters cannot uh, support Biden because of his views on the core moral issues. He is, um, though he is a conservative Roman Catholic, uh, he is uh, as many Roman Catholic politicians in D.C. Are, in DC tend to be. Um, he's pro-abortion. He's against his uh, church's teaching on LGBTQ, uh, et cetera, and et cetera, and et cetera. So he is what some call a cultural Catholic. We cannot look for his Catholicism to have a deep impact upon his politics. It never has. So I predict that he will lose, but I predict he will run a tough race. And if Donald Trump stumbles more uh, if some big moral violations are surfaced, uh, if he makes a bigger hash uh, out of the COVID-19 situation that has already happened. We seem to be emerging well, and so the numbers are with him. But if he makes a bigger hash out of it than than he has, then Biden will be right there at his heels and could, in fact, win this thing. It's not likely now, and he's not a man that I could vote for. So thank you for the question. That's the most honest answer I can give. I esteem him for his years in office. I esteem him for his sufferings. I esteem him for his connection to the common man, but not finding him to be a man of fixed principle, uh, I couldn't vote for him myself. And of course, you already know my difficulties uh, with Donald Trump. So there's the answer. Thanks for asking. And let's keep pressing hard into the truth as we seek to right our country from the troubles we've been in. Stephen Mansfield is a New York Times bestselling author, a popular speaker, and a frequent faith and culture commentator on Fox and CNN. His groundbreaking books on faith and society include The Faith of George W. Bush, The Search for God in Guinness, Mansfield's Book of Manly Men, and Lincoln's Battle with God. Learn more at stephenmansfield.tv.